brand new release from Winnipeg's The Gumshoe Strut is available now. The Heartbeat EP is the local MC slash producer's first solo release in 10 years, and he returns with a fiery display of raw emotion set to a wavy, hot-blooded soundscape. You can get the Heartbeat EP now on digital, cassette, or CD at thegumshoestrut.bandcamp.com. Winnipeg's own Sean Burns and Lost Country have just released We Got a Lot of Truckin' to Do, a brand new album that features some of the finest trucking songs in country music history. All proceeds from the record, which is at seanburns.bandcamp.com, are going towards Winnipeg's favorite little honky-tonk, the Times Change High and Lonesome Club. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which Police Radio! Which Police Radio! Which Police Radio! Which Police Radio! Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which Police Radio! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, you know, I'm doing the remote thing again. Uh, this, I always feel like I have to need to give a disclaimer that I'm not meeting people in person, even though it's obvious that I'm not meeting people in person because of the pandemic. But, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm on the internet uh, talking to two talking heads. But I think that, um, you know, the best way to get this started is if the two of you want to introduce yourselves and then what you do in the band, and then we can kind of get into what the band's all about and uh, some of the background and what you have coming up. Okay, well, the uh, guy in the glasses is Rod Slaughter. That's his real name. <laughs> he uh, plays in other bands that you might have heard of, such as uh, The Johns and uh, Zen Bungalow. <laughs> That's going back to the 90s. Yeah, yeah, More yeah. recently, Duotang and uh, Novelero, which we were in together for 10 years-ish or so. Right on. Great. And uh, he's a new father. And... Uh, one of the uh, best songwriters in Winnipeg. That's a very good introduction. Wow. Started a little shaky, but it ended <laughs> off pretty well. <laughs> well, Rod, do you want to return the favor and introduce the other guest here? Sure. Yeah, well, you do. <laughs> yeah, David and I have been friends in uh, mainly because of a common love of similar music for about 20 years. I first met him when he was in a band called Bulletproof Nothing, who were yeah. and I quite enjoyed in Winnipeg. Uh, he was in bands before that, but I'd have to go back to the City of Winnipeg archives probably and, uh, you know, investigate. But uh, So we were in Novelero um, for quite a while together. And when this project, for what it is, basically Novelero ended a while back. And um, Dave and I kept hanging out and talking about things. And there was songs that would have maybe evolved into Novelero. Okay. And it was basically just he and I that uh, started fleshing out what became a few of the uh, original songs of this project uh, a while back. And then it's just gone on kind of like we work a bit and then we stop. I, I reunited with Duotang and, and then we start again and back and forth. But um, I feel very happy that uh, the time Dave and I had spent on these songs finally sees the light of day. So... So what's sort of the time, like, how long has this actually been a project? You know, I know you just said you, there have been some things that interrupted it uh, along the way, but how long have the two of you been working on these particular songs? Well, um... It started about nine years ago? Okay, really? Yeah, yeah. There, there's, on the album, there's maybe, I don't know, let's say half of the album are songs that actually originated back when Dave and I were doing them. We were actually, when we started, we were just doing them with guitar and drums and playing it a really minimal way. And then we recorded those. And sometimes, sometimes Rod would play bass and keyboards at the same time, Yeti Lee style. <laughs> and I played guitar and drums at the same time. Right on. Yeah. I don't know who, who style. But, Someone must uh, do that. Yeah. yeah. 
so then you know it kind of went on and and we um we were playing with Reg, who was playing Reg from uh, Telepathic Butterflies, who was playing bass with Novelero in the last year, okay. um, and and kept going through different versions, and and then we stopped and came back again, and and we basically ended up saying, you know, a lot of this guitar stuff happening, although there's great things happening on the recording, um, we missed Sean Stevens, we missed his style of guitar playing in Novelero. He was the Novelero guitar player, and he was in Transonic before, right? And he's got a very um, atmospheric way of playing and we thought boy you know that would be a neat addition and uh and then steve Payne is a fellow who was in transonic moved away to toronto and la moved back here not too long ago always wanted to play with steve and you know we thought okay well maybe if i stay at keyboards much like novelero steve joins in on bass and uh we finally finished the record and now it's a band of four and then at the last minute, of course, our, our great friend, and you just can't do without Jack Yonason. So he he's joining in now as well. And, cool. and basically it ends up as, um, you know, four-fifths of what had been Novelero. But in spirit and in sound, I don't think it's very similar. I mean, Novelero was, was an experiment in doing truly pop music. Like, you know, big, uh, as orchestrated as we could afford. Yeah. Pop music and and Silver Clouds is kind of more of a stripped down, um, you know, Joe Jacksony kind of seventies pop, but with a little bit of energy feel. That being said, we both realize that you know some of the songs do end up sounding a little novelero esque, but that can't be helped. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're all you're all there, right? So it makes sense yeah. that, that would come through. Yeah. So do you think of it? I mean, listening to some of it today, it definitely. I mean, yes, it sounds like Novelero, but <laughs> in some parts, <laughs> but it also definitely has a, has a pop element for sure. Like, I mean, there's, there's, there's some big hooks and and big choruses. And do you think of it as a pop band, or what do you what do you sort? I mean, I, I know you just said the '70s Joe Jackson kind of comparison, but do you have sort of a name for stylistically what it is you're doing with this group, Dave? <laughs> you beat me to it. I was <laughs> Rod. Um, you know, we Rod and I, when it was the two of us, which it was for a few years or something. Yeah. Um, we had an idea because we loved a lot of a lot of different styles, a lot of different periods of pop and rock music and and other stuff. But we had an idea in our heads that we could make this more post punky and somehow just weird it up. Go against our instincts not against our instincts but follow the instincts to try to make it weird just weird we would often say to try to weird it up in some way just fun, cool, weird keyboard sounds or yeah. strange guitar lines that are maybe a little atonal or more about atmospherics than melodies um l- like say early cure especially the first cure album uh my favorites wire sure, yeah. four Boone, uh, who are not post-punk, but they have uh, the kind of minimalism and direct, not so weird, but kind of direct pop, stripped down, just pounding piano and bass and vocals that just cough a rhythm idea about a lot of it. Whether that came through, maybe it came through in some songs particularly, but uh, overall, I guess... uh, you know, we're pop. We're we're good at making pop music, I yeah. suppose. And we come up with melodic ideas, and we go, "Oh, this would be cool if this vocal part was actually a horn part." And then, 
either Reg, when he was playing with us, would come up with really neat parts that we never would have come up with. Rusty as well uh, did a little bit of recording help with us and came up with some cool stuff that we, uh, he came up with some great ideas that we wish we had thought of. And then now, although Sean, Steve, and Jack, they don't play on the album. Actually, Sean does play yeah, a on little one bit. song, okay, okay. I think. But, but uh, it's mostly me and Rod with Reg and, and sometimes Rusty as well. Uh, on the whole album, and now that we're playing with this this quintet, uh, Raw or uh, Sean, and all of them for that matter. But I was just thinking about Sean's guitar playing. He brings something different again, although he's imitating parts that I or Reg or Rusty came up with. He brings a different style and a sound, and we wanted you know like rod said kind of what he brings and he, he brings something new again some new textures and some cool ideas and he's just been coming up with really great ideas for stuff and and then all of them steve and his bass parts and jack is able to contribute some of the keyboard things that were missing harmony vocals yeah. that uh just uh were necessary and now that he's singing with me mostly on backgrounds again we, we lock in pretty good on those backgrounds and it's fun arranging that stuff. And some of the stuff sounds as huge as it was supposed to with him singing and playing with us. Okay. To your point, it, in the end, it does come out as like all the, uh, the progressions that Dave talks about in the end, it comes out as a, as a pop record. Uh, and it's the interesting thing about this band, as opposed to anything else I've worked in where, um, you, you form the sound, you record the sound. This has been this weird morphing project with many people that we love in uh, in our musical circle being involved, and it just keeps changing direction. And after a while, the original intentions were just like go, and wherever it ended up, it ended up. So, and it still keeps going that way. You will see 
I guess how much has it morphed then from you know the original two person project to to now that it's it's expanded and you have this band that can play these songs live? Have the songs changed you know fairly drastically since their original inception, or is it at this point more so the other members replicating those parts and then adding their own sort of flair to them? Uh, when when we will play live for the first time as right. as this project on September twenty fourth, um, it, it's it. I mean, it's it's true to what we recorded in a sense. But like I say, it always keeps evolving. Like I, I find the sound is a little bit different now, even than what it recorded. And and I love that about it. I like this project being this kind of evolving, morphing thing. And now we're working on new songs as the five of us, and um, it, it's never drastically different. It's always just like small steps in a different direction. It just keeps going like that. Okay. And also, as we've been working on these songs with the, with the five of us, and although Rod and I have been playing some of them, I, I'm sure there's probably about three or so of the songs that are on the album that probably Rod played for me the very first time we got together nine or whatever years ago. Cool. Start this off, but... The songs, uh, we keep rearranging them, too, uh, over time, even before they were recorded. And then since they were recorded, either, in some cases, I literally play something different by accident because I forgot what I played on the album because it's been, like, five years since I recorded that drum part. Sure. And we haven't been, we've been playing so irregularly. And so I'll come up with a new part, and sometimes I'll... I'll uh, come up with something that everybody really likes and we we say that's got to be it that's the perfect transition or ending or whatever and and uh, other songs have just got rearranged uh like uh inclement weather uh particularly it uh the way it got recorded i don't actually play on that song the only song i don't play on rusty plays the drums on that one and i imitate the little rimshot loop he does on it but we changed the arrangement quite a bit and we all love it now and uh, I'm sure looking forward to playing it for some people because yeah. it's, it's on the album like considerably and some of the others are too is the reason for the I, I know you mentioned you're playing a show in late September and we should definitely make sure we plug that at the end of this interview so people know when it's happening but um has or the pan- sooner. Or we could plug it right now if you want, but has, has the pandemic <laughs> uh, affected kind of your progress with this band? I mean, because it's kind of, you know, for, for pretty much everyone I have on this show, whether it's, you know, a punk band or a country singer or a rapper or anybody, they, they've had some kind of impact, right, from from this oh, situation yeah. we're in. So yeah. were you hoping to play shows prior to this and just kind of got stuck in this situation, or what was the plan there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, as we're saying, this has been a project that's a stop and start thing, and it yeah. was basically... Um, uh, maybe even a year ago that our friend uh, Brent Oliver from Edmonton said, just, just put it out. So the intent was back in, I think it was February, we said, okay, we're finally going to do this, guys. Um, we were going to press vinyl and we're going to start playing shows in whatever, you know, June or yeah. something like that. Um, and it was like a month later that everything went chaotic and we realized we're not going to be playing shows and therefore there's no point in pressing anything. So there was a bit of a discussion then, like, is it worth doing something just digital, and why not? Um, so yeah, it it, it drastically- of course that was also about the fourth time that we were going to release the album and then delayed it. Right. Yeah. True. So maybe the pandemic actually made us just say, "Screw it, let's just put it out," <laughs> uh, but certainly in a different way than we originally imagined. And and even now, like, we were supposed to play 
our our first true show is this project at the Goodwill. Okay. Um, next week, and we just recently kind of thought, you know, even though the Goodwill is doing a very good job of social distancing and there's limits and, and everything's totally safe there, that's not the problem. Yeah. But we were just feeling, you know, asking people to come to a show where they might feel uncomfortable because the environment in an indoor setting may maybe not the right idea now. So we we canceled that. And as luck would have, it may have a chance to do a show if the weather's okay. At uh, so here's the plug. Sure. At uh, times change beer can the, the outdoor yeah, yeah. Um, venue on September 24th, which is a Thursday. It'll be an early show because they have to wrap everything up quite early. But um, from what I've heard and what I've seen of of uh, the venue, John Scholes has has set up basically an amazing thing for Winnipeg that is very safe. Uh, but still, you know, allows bands to play and people to enjoy music, and and uh, I, I'm so happy that we get to play there before the weather changes. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the weather doesn't take a horrible turn. Yeah, yeah but exactly. I, I haven't been there yet. But I've seen, I've definitely seen photos, and it, it looks awesome. It looks like a, a great way to kind of deal with this weird situation everyone's in. So I'm, it really I have, does. Yeah. So you guys have, I mean, between between all of you, have a pretty pretty strong uh, like. I guess you call it '90s Winnipeg pedigree, right? You've all been in, the, in these bands that you know people, people people know from from Winnipeg's history, and so you're coming together with this project. And uh, maybe this isn't the question I'm trying to ask, but like, you're older, you're wiser, hopefully, right? It's now 2020, uh, you know, this horrible year 2020, and like, how how does all that how does all that experience and all of that kind of history, you know? I'm sure you went and saw each other's bands a lot back in the day, and and you played in bands together a lot. Most of you, like, what does that all come up? To, what is the sum of all of that now, all these years later? Like, do you feel like that experience and, and those songs and that music that you worked on for the past few decades is kind of coming to a head with this project? Uh, I'll jump Ooh. on that one first, Dave. Yeah, I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, it, it, it's just it's just another project, sure, sure. and hopefully the line of, of projects to come and projects in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, and Dave, maybe maybe you feel the same way. But you know, I hit a point a while back where I said I'm probably getting too old to be doing this, and this is kind of. And then you pass that point, and it's a really liberating feeling. Sure. Once once you don't care anymore. Um, I think it's great. You're past for, that point? Hmm? Are you really past that point? I think I am. I think I reached it about uh, seven thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, but no, it's it's yeah. We have been playing a long time, and you at some point just feel comfortable with what you do, and you don't worry about what else is going on. I mean, you know, realistically, the last thing the world re- needs right now is four middle-aged white guys putting out another record. But, <laughs> but then you forget caring about that, and, and it's a good feeling.
I just wanted to have a go at that uh, epic question. Sure, yeah, go for it, yeah. <laughs> uh, not that this isn't, you know, just another thing in our ongoing uh, music playing lives, and uh, we're going to be playing uh, music, and hopefully together, for a long time yet, whether or not we're old and irrelevant, or putting anything out, or anybody's ever hearing it, but at least we're, we're going to get together and strum acoustic guitars or something uh, until we are no longer able, I, I hope. <laughs> but we have been both in bands for a long time, and while... I love, while, while you were uh, trying to phrase your question, I kind of had a vague idea what you were driving at, but didn't know where you were going to land. <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking, it's nice to think, as a music fan, which I am, as well as a, you know, a music player, yeah. and who have achieved a, a fairly limited amount of renown <laughs> in select circles. But I, it's funny to think that this, amounts to something bigger than just another band. I suppose I, I chuckle at Rod's modesty, but he's right. There's no point to thinking it's anything bigger because we're older and wiser or something like that. And honestly, live music isn't what it used to be. Sure. Anybody who used to line up around the block uh, to see Duotang at the Spectrum or uh, see Bulletproof Nothing or, or something... Uh, back in the day aren't going to see shows anymore shows before the lockdown shows weren't as well attended as they were in the 90s sure, or yeah. something and for 40 years prior it's <laughs> definitely been going down and things have been changing and it's become it seems like uh, live music and guys like us uh, hawking live music and live shows uh, we've got a lot less to choose from. There's a lot less people coming to shows anyways, and I think besides yourself and, uh, you know, a, a couple of handfuls of the coolest people in town, most people do not remember the bands we used to be in. Yeah. I think we're just older guys, and we attract, you know, a lot of our friends are older people. That being said, that sounds negative, but many is the time, and I, I still think to this, to this day, it, it occurs to me regularly, quite consciously, I wish I knew then what I know now, because uh, I'm so much of a better player. We're so much better at making music and coming, tapping into creativity, coming up with good arrangement ideas, having a sense from all uh, mistakes and, and victories past of what works and what doesn't and where, what parts we should cut out and what parts we should jam out and things like that. And I, I like to think that back you know, in my 20s when I was playing music, if I knew then what I know now, I possibly could have propelled what I was doing at the time sure. much better. And now, you know, we've all got families and jobs, and this is just a hobby for us. It's not uh, a plan to, to tour our youth away or anything well, anymore. May maybe a better way to, to word that, that epic question, as you called it, is, is I mean... Like you said, I, I'm someone who, like, you know, I'm younger than you guys. I'm, I'm pushing 40 in a couple of years here. But, you know, I, I, I grew up going to do a tank shows, listening to do a tank. I have Bulletproof Nothing CD. I was listening to Transonic 7-inch a couple of days ago. Like, all, you know, all, all these bands in Winnipeg's history, I'm a nerd for because I was just coming into the music scene when all that was happening, right? But, I mean, if you get a kid who's 20 now, do they, they don't necessarily have not that it's baggage, but they don't have any of those connections necessarily to all those old bands, so they could potentially be coming at you guys fresh 
and not thinking, oh, it's the guy from Duotang or, or or whatever, right? Or looking at that that impressive list of local bands you guys have all been in and filtering the new sound through that because I, I can't help but do that because I know yeah. you know yeah. I I have a bunch of novel era albums I do a tank stuff I all these bands right but you maybe have a the benefit of being you know these older guys in the scene where young people could just approach it and say hey this is what is this I don't know anything about the background and I don't come to it with expectations maybe and and that's what I love there are like we we that haven't had a chance to play yet at Silver Clouds but in uh, you know with Duo Tanks reunion or Novelero playing you, you get young people coming up they have no idea about what you did before but they 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 like what you're doing now and that's you know that's that's a great feeling that, yeah uh, uh, you know you so know that actually needs more we uh, played a show as Novelero although it was kind of a proto Silver Clouds thing for Festival de Voyageur back in February yeah and. Uh, Jack played with us at that show. We did one or two Silver Cloud songs. I, I think we rehearsed more for the show, but uh, they kind of got excised for time or something. But we, uh, so we played a bunch of Novelero songs, a cover, a couple Silver Cloud songs, and that was our Novelero show for Festival. Uh, a guy, a, a younger guy, I, I think maybe about 20 or early 20s, and his girlfriend came up to me afterwards and said, oh, man, you guys were great. Introduced himself. He said, I just loved it. And I got the sense he wasn't familiar with Novelero or yeah. hadn't seen us before. And he said, do you guys have any albums for sale or something? And I said, oh, man, we've got loads of CDs, but yeah. they're just dusty in our in our basements. I, I wish I had brought some. But I, <laughs> I was going to get his uh, number and get in touch with them and just hook him up. Yeah. But uh, everyone, everyone got ushered out uh, quite quickly after this show, and I couldn't find him again. But... Honestly, stuff like that, it was a small little thing, and I wasn't even able to hook the guy up with a CD. But it was so uh, gratifying to know that somebody who, uh, he might have heard of us before, but he didn't seem like he had heard us before right. or seen us play before. And I love that he was so impressed. I was so flattered. That meant tons to me because... Uh, I don't know. We we've got some good songs, and I I like when uh, people uh, enjoy it. Like I I think they will, you know. Yeah. And and somebody who hasn't seen it before. So even though it's not so many people that are going to live shows, and the chances when we play uh, at the beer can on the twenty fourth, that uh, you know there's people who haven't seen us before and uh, are really impressed. Maybe maybe that's slim or or not. I don't know. But uh, that's the kind of thing I live for.
you probably assume at this point, especially with Novolero having been around for, what, a decade at least, right? I mean, you, you assume that people at the show are going because they know your stuff and they have your albums and they've seen you over the years. So, yeah, that's that's a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think of, there's two bands um, recently, well, in the last number of years, that really make me forget about the idea of getting older in music. And, and number one is, uh, a couple of years back, Brian Ferry came through Winnipeg. And... I went and saw the show. It was right around, no, it was in August, okay. three years ago. And it was, I mean, we actually, Roxy Music is a big influence on, on what we do, even though it doesn't sound like it. Sure. But that, that's a big influence. And and this show was just incredible. The guy's 70 years old. We might be doing a Roxy Music cover at the at the show with the beer can. Oh, right on. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he had more charisma, and the sound was, you know, it was old songs, but it still sounded so fresh, and it just blew my mind. And then the other band that I'm, I'm always kind of amazed by, and Dave will probably chuckle about this, but there's a band called Sleaford Mods. Okay. And there are a couple old, old like our age, you know, bitter old English guys. One guy just hits a computer and has it all pre-recorded, and the other guy just yells in a microphone. <laughs> and they're one of the most exciting bands that are on the scene. And, you know, I, I never want to say that new music doesn't excite me as much because that's not new music. That's me. Yeah. You know, that's as you get older, that happens. Um, but there's always new stuff out there that is exciting you just have to dig a bit and for me this is one and these guys are are older and it, it makes me realize it doesn't matter you know how old you are it's it's what you're producing so yeah well I, it's funny because you know i've been doing this show for like eight years now and i've you know more than 500 episodes i've talked to a lot of local musicians of varying ages and genres and everything else and uh, i guess it was like a year or two ago it finally became clear to me that some of the new new stuff like being made by 18 year olds and everything that i don't understand I'm not supposed to understand it. Like, it's not made for me. If, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad. Yeah. My, I got a kid in middle school. Like, it, you know, if, <laughs> if I'm enjoying it, it's not, they're doing it wrong, right? So I, I, once, once I realized that, I, I was good. I was like, okay, I can appreciate this now because it's, I, I know, like, intellectually, it's not, I'm not going to like it, <laughs> you know? It's, it, it's so it's so funny you say that because when I when I was in Duotang when I was young and yeah. started Duotang one of the tests to me that we were doing something right is if older people didn't like it every yeah. time somebody <laughs> was older in the scene I don't quite understand yeah. it thank you <laughs> that was perfect for sure I think that is the sign right like, there's, there's a certain age you get to or a certain point in your life where it's just you know this I'm not going to understand it so whatever you're doing is cool because I, I don't like it you must be it must be something good because like I can't yeah 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 and then you I guess you guys are in the opposite position where you know you're doing new music. But you're, you know, this much older than that generation that's also doing new music. So mm-hmm. I don't know where that where that leaves you, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad so you're still I, doing it. While, while we're talking about new music, yeah. then there's actually a, a band of kids that I've, I've now I've absolutely fallen in love with this band. Uh, they're from Ireland. They're called Fontaines DC. Okay. Uh, they just put out a new record about three weeks ago, and there's something about it that listening to it from my age, it's not that the music is you know retro sounding, so it's but it's just so fresh. It doesn't sound like everything else is happening. I find one of the problems, I think, is that you know things start to follow each other, especially today with the way social media is. Yeah. Things just start to sound alike. So when you hear a band that stands out, whether it be something that sounds older or just different, uh, I find it very exciting. And these guys, you should check them out if you haven't heard it yet. I think they're just absolutely fantastic. Cool, cool. And they're probably 19, 20 years old. That's, that's that's rare to find that I think someone that, that excites you that much when there's that much of a an age difference right it's cool so yeah. if people are hearing about you the first time on this show like like I said I mean there's you know uh, 
definitely people out there who haven't heard of your previous bands and maybe this is totally new to them so what's the best way to find out more information about what you're doing you know where they can maybe see you in future if things get back to some semblance of normality and where they can find the record well where they can find us in the future uh, nobody knows sure uh, we're, we're lucky to get a show now and uh, maybe we'll get another one before the year is done or not I we, we have no idea but uh, we're on uh, you know the social medias and stuff Instagram uh, Twitter Facebook is that it and uh, the album I've never can... been on Twitter so I can't verify that <laughs> yeah me too we, did, we just heard recently that we have a Twitter account cool so it's shocking <laughs> and, like, now I'm woke <laughs> but uh and the album can be found uh, on all the most expected places, Spotify, Bandcamp, uh, Amazon Music. And, iTunes, uh, sorry, Apple Music. Cool, cool. Apple Music, yeah. And and there's links to, like, a Linktree page on both uh, our uh, our iTunes and Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah, for sure. So is this, is this strictly a digital release at this point, or are you actually going to be releasing it physically as well? That's a good question. Um, we've been on the fence about it, and really the fact that we can't really play live is the reason why we haven't pressed anything yet. And so it's still a possibility, but there's also a possibility that by the time things return to some semblance of normal, like in the spring or something, yeah, uh, we're, we, as, as this project, want to keep evolving, like I was talking about earlier. And we may actually record, say, a three-song EP with our good friend Cam Lepke, Um and we might elect at that point to just, you know, instead of releasing the album, this album, yeah. why not just release a vinyl EP instead of, of new stuff? Of new stuff, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so it, it's up in the air. It's going to be one of the two. We'll have something physical, hopefully, by next year. Cool. Um, but we're not sure which way yet. I'm kind of more excited about doing doing the latter, like doing an EP. We were talking about doing uh, vinyl for the album as opposed to CD, which kind of seems like a, a declining format possibly yeah i think it is but i still i still love cds but yeah i think it's i think they're they're on the way out yeah so and we were talking about doing some vinyl but uh we were like uh, rod said we're working on some new songs and uh this uh, vinyl ep plan is uh, is news to me so <laughs> that's something to think about but it sounds like sounds like a good idea yeah, and we does. are working on we're working on, well, we're working on one new song, but Rod came in with three, and we just uh, focused on one of them, but we'll get to the other two, uh, I, I should hope, because they were really good. And, Rod, don't forget, there was another song that we left off the album, or it just never really, I don't know if it ever got fleshed out fully with recording, but uh, a song that we had uh, that kind of just fell by the way that uh, we've agreed is a really good song and we should kind of fold it back into the mix somehow. Yeah, so, I, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to that. Yeah, no, I think but, that's a good idea. But actually, Sam, back to your point about like CDs and vinyl. So th this little project is is um, Disintegration Records is helping us. Right, so I saw, yeah, yeah, I saw it in the band yeah. camp, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Cam Lucky. And uh, so Greg and I were talking about this and you know, I, I we all definitely look up to Greg and, and he's constantly putting out amazing music for sure um and he he was saying you know don't do vinyl because and it was a great point and we all know this but you don't really think about it you're if you, if you do go out on tour it's you know three times the space that you have to carry everywhere yeah. 
the CDs are much more economical for space in order to go out. Not that we're going to do be doing a heck of a lot of touring, but if you do, so I thought that was a very interesting way to look at it. But then that was his advice, you know, say six months ago or five months ago, and then. Later on, he came back and said, don't do CD either. It's absolutely <laughs> pointless. It's a dead medium. So he's he's realized that the one is, it makes more sense, but it just, nobody cares. Yeah. So in his opinion, he said, just do it digitally. I think that's what he's going to do with his figure walking. Okay, uh, okay, cool. He's yeah. coming up. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm, like, like I said, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys are all still making music together. And it's, uh, you know, the, the album is really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more, especially if you put out uh, physical copies for weirdos like me who, you know, hoard that stuff. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's... Well, sorry, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, uh, we're, all of us, actually, I don't, not Jack, and I don't know about Steve, but uh, Rod and I and uh, Sean Stevens as well. We're all vinyl collectors yeah. and vinyl lovers, and we love to play our vinyl, and I bet you do too. I do as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's if you're if, if we're going to print something, if we're ever going to print something with this album, I'm sure it'll be vinyl, because then digitally we've got it out to people, that people can hear it, and to be honest, I listen to most of my music digitally by far these days, and probably most people do, but uh, if we're going to have... You know, there's there's the old thing about the record collector, just something to hold in your hand, something sure. to flip over and look at, read the credits, read the thank yous, maybe the lyrics or whatever weird photos come with it or, or artwork while you're listening to the album. Just sniff the album on your lap, that type of thing. And we all love to do that, the tactile aspect of listening to music. And that's obviously uh, preferable to CD, which, uh, you know, the crap breaks and and it's yeah. awkward and smaller and whatever. So if we're going to do anything, we'll do vinyl. But uh, you know, we can't. We're not going to tour the world and we're not going to reach the world without making uh, digital the priority, obviously.